This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda, uh, our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, uh, Karen Gurel, she is the editor-in-chief of Yoga Journal, uh, and uh, she is living in uh, Boulder, Colorado, where she, you, where she practices yoga and lives a very healthy lifestyle, uh, Boulder <laughs> being very conducive to that. Prior to Yoga Journal, she was uh, the feature director of Self Magazine. Uh, Karen, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Karen, let's begin uh, by giving the listeners a little bit of knowledge about your own background um, and how you came to be editor-in-chief of Yoga Journal. And while you're at it, throw in a little Yoga Journal history. It's like 40th anniversary. Sure. Um, Okay, so I have been a magazine editor now for probably 17 or 18 years. And, you know, I spent most of my career up until I moved here to Boulder in New York City. And I've always been in the health and wellness realm. So, you know, I was at Self for a long time before that. I was at Redbook. I was at Psychology Today. And I've always just been really passionate about wellness, physical health, mental and spiritual health. Um, You know, and I was in college. I studied pre-med and then psychology and, you know, I ended up at Psychology Today and kind of went from there. So it's personal passion. And um, I started practicing yoga in 2001. So that was just something that I've been doing throughout, you know, my adult life, which is great. So then when this opportunity came up, it was such a great fit. And I was looking to actually leave New York because I was starting a family and ready to kind of slow down my lifestyle a little bit and, you know, the stars aligned. So I got to move out here and take over a couple of years ago. So that was great. And, um, yeah. And so when I came on, uh, we were looking ahead at yoga journal to the 40th anniversary and what we would do to help celebrate that. And, and it's a pretty awesome accomplishment, especially in these days of, of magazines that come and go. But, um, you know, last year was our 40th anniversary. We, we put out a very special edition that was dedicated to not really even just yoga journals history, but the yogis who have been instrumental in, in bringing yoga into America and making it what it is today. So to do that, we launched our first ever Good Karma Awards and we recognized 40 different teachers who have just been again, instrumental in bringing yoga to America and teachers who have been teaching for 40-plus years and giving back to their communities. And it was just a really nice celebration of where we've been and where we're going to and and how much yoga is growing. You know, when Yoga Journal started, it was like a 12-page black and white stapled together edition. And now we're this beautiful, glossy magazine with 2.2 2.2 million readers. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. big would you, like to, would you like to pay homage to uh, Rama Vernon and Judith Lasseter and others who started it? Yeah, I mean, where would we be without them? And, you know, I mean, Judith especially has just been fantastic. You know, she's, she's so smart and she's just kind of a sage to us. So she was one of the people that we recognized as one of our Good Karma Award winners as a lifetime contributor. And she actually also served on our advisory board to help choose who, you know, 
we really deemed was most worthy. There were so many people to consider, but, you know, she helped us sort of narrow down those decisions and she's just wonderful and wise. And, you know, we're grateful to her and all of the original founders of Yoga Journal. Mm -hmm. Karen, I wanted to uh, ask you, I, I have in front of me the uh, 2016 Yoga in American study, uh, Yoga in America study yeah. conducted by the Yoga Journal and uh, Yoga Alliance. And, and I'm reading mm -hmm. here, the numbers are staggering. Uh, since um, 2012, in 2012, there were 20.4 million people in America who considered them uh, practitioners, considered themselves uh, yoga practitioners, and now there are 36 million. So in a, in a short That's period right. of time, it's jumped tremendously. And I, like Phil, uh, uh, got involved with meditation and yoga back uh, in, the, in the late 60s, early 70s in New York City. And uh, it was, you know, there weren't, weren't many folks around doing anything like that. It was kind of odd. And when we say yoga, uh, now we're mostly uh, referring to the yoga asanas, hatha yoga. Uh, back then, it was uh, mostly people who were seeking God, seeking enlightenment uh, that would mm -hmm. enter into yoga, into meditation. Uh, now do you find uh, it, the, the profile of the folks, the millions and millions of folks that are practicing uh, yoga now, <clears throat> do you find them in there for uh, a wide range of reasons, a wide range of goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's still definitely that population who's coming to it for the more spiritual aspects. Um, but, you know, it's just, I mean, it's huge. And I think a large pathway into the practice is the physical, the asana, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and and I'm fine with that. You know, <laughs> if you come to yoga mm -hmm. because, it's for strength training or, you know, for the workout, whatever that may be, great, because odds are if you like it and you stay with it long enough, then you're going to, you know, discover all of the other wonderful, important things about yoga. But the fitness aspect for sure, I think, um, I think a lot of people are using it to cope, you know. Right. So, I mean, we're finding that, yes, a lot of people are still coming to yoga for the more spiritual aspects. That's definitely a, a large part of the population. But, you know, these days, a good number of people are coming for the physical aspects, for the fitness part of it. And honestly, that's completely fine with me. If you're coming, for whatever reason, you're coming to your mat. I'm really happy about it. You know, if it's just for the good workout, because if you come and you like it, then you're going to stay and, you know, hopefully get into the deeper parts of the practice. But, you know, in addition to fitness, I think a lot of people are coming to yoga just to cope with the high levels of stress and anxiety and that we're dealing with in the world and just trying to find more life balance. Karen, if I could pick up on, on that, I'm looking at the study now and, um, According to the results, the top five reasons for starting yoga mm -hmm. are flexibility, stress relief, general fitness, mm -hmm. improve overall health, and physical fitness. Um, so that would indicate that most people see yoga as an exercise, a form of physical exercise and fitness that's good for health. Um, sure. We know, as you suggest, that a lot of people then uh, move on to the deeper aspects of yoga. Um, do we have any indication of how many are interested in the larger picture of yoga, the more holistic and uh, what we could think of as the spiritual tradition that yoga comes from? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at how yoga practitioners, and this was also something we had in the study, if you look at how they talk about their practice, um, you know, how they compare themselves to people who don't practice yoga, the number one thing that they were more likely to report was mental clarity. So that, to me, kind of gets into that realm of the mental and the spiritual aspects, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then that is followed by good balance, which could be interpreted as physical balance, or it could be interpreted as life balance, flexibility. And I think, honestly, that's a very common gateway <laughs> into yoga, yeah. because a lot of people won't do yoga because they think they're not flexible enough. Mm-hmm. And then others will say, I need to be more flexible, so I'm going to try yoga. Um, and then physical agility and strength. So I don't have um, a hard number on the number of people who are interested in that, but I think, you know, I think a lot are, and, and our audience certainly is. I mean, that's one of the top things that they come to us for. They're looking for inspiration for their practice, and they're looking for calm. Right. You know, not, they, don't, they don't even call it stress relief. They, they just are looking for calm and peace of mind and tranquility. So I think, and, you know, I think that, again, comes with a little more time on the mat when you recognize how much more you can get out of the practice. You you know, it's interesting, Karen. uh, I don't think most people know what spirituality is until they experience it. And I know over the years, a number of people that have gone to yoga classes thinking, you know, I just want to be able to stretch better. It might make me a better, uh, you know, runner. It might make me a better athlete or or Mm -hmm. might get away my back pain. And then they go and they actually have this experience of this deep silence, this inner peacefulness. And they come away saying, what was that? And then the teacher might point out to them, hey, man, that is uh, spirituality. That's a deep spiritual experience. And then all of a sudden their motivations, their feelings about a change. Yes, I still want to be the good athlete. Yes, I still want to get rid of the back pain. But there's really more to this than I thought. And so uh, for me, uh, same thing with meditation. It doesn't always matter why the person starts or what they might, you know, people start meditation because they want to be able to sleep better. And yet, you know, what they're really ultimately developing is a deeper uh, inner wakefulness. And, and uh, mm-hmm. of course, the same thing happens with uh, yoga asanas. And so I think that, that uh, many people are practicing it for reasons of spirituality, but they would not necessarily articulate it that way. Would you agree? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I mean, I think that still a lot of people associate spirituality maybe with an actual, with a religion, with a specific religion. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously it doesn't have to be that. I mean, it can be for you if, you if that's what you want it to be. But, but yeah, and I, and maybe they just don't know how to define it, but I would totally agree with that. Karen, in this uh, finding that there are 36 million practitioners, was there a definition of practitioners? What does being a, pract- a yoga practitioner mean in the context of, of numbers like that? That is a good question. Um, I would have to call up the study for that, but I think we, you know, we asked specifically, um, it, was a, it was a matter of how often do you practice, um, you know, uh, and we... It was, I want to say it was two or more times a week. Do you practice yoga? So a lot of it was, was based on that, just to like... And, and when you say practice yoga, mm-hmm. um, there are, in addition, to, <laughs> in addition to our overlapping this 
number of 36 million people. There are an awful lot of people, and a lot of them are the generation of practitioners that Dennis and I represent, going back to the 60s, who uh, don't have an asana practice, don't go right. to yoga classes, but are dedicated meditators or bhaktas, and you know they might go to kirtan, they might meditate every day, but asana is not a part of, uh, or or a big part of their practice, like it is in the in the hatha yoga world. Um, mm-hmm. So I wonder if they're included, and if you didn't include, if they're not, that would raise the number of real yogis <laughs> to a larger extent, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. I'm fairly certain that we included that as part of the mm. definition. Um, could be meditation, could be a pranayama practice, you know, all of the different things that are considered, not just do you flow vinyasa, you know, and work up a sweat two times a week. Good, good. But yeah. I, I, I yeah. would add to that <clears throat> as a piece of advice for listeners that uh, I'm a person that's practiced meditation for over 40 years very regularly, but have, hasn't really done uh, yoga asanas in, in a regular way. But uh, my commitment now and what I should have done earlier on was balance it more because if you're going to spend a lot of time in meditation, it's really important, I think, especially as you get older, to have the physical aspect there too because one supports the other. And mm-hmm. uh, if you want to continue to have growth and good clarity in meditation, your body has to be attuned uh, to, to being able to do that. And there's nothing better for that than, uh, than hatha yoga. Mm-hmm. So it's a... And, I, and, yeah, I agree. And sometimes the best way for me to meditate is through that movement, you know, like mm-hmm. getting focused in that space and, and let it, it just kind of blocks out all of the rest of it. Not always, but it can be a really helpful tool in meditation. Well, then that was its original uh, purpose as mm-hmm. from the, from the history of yoga. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, a lot of meditators who don't do asanas and a lot of asana doers who don't meditate. So well, I'm sure in the end it, they'll, they'll all balance if the, uh, the course, through the course of evolution. Now, one, one of the results of the study is kind of perfectly obvious if you ever go to a yoga studio, and that is almost three-quarters of the uh, practitioners are women. Right. Do you, and if you look at the pages of Yoga Journal, um, that reinforces that uh, percentage. Would, do you have any theories why that is so? Um, I mean, I could, I can make some guesses, but I would say first that we are seeing growth among male practitioners, which I think is great. Do you think it's because they know that's where the women are? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have heard that. (laughs) I'm sure that's true for some people. And yeah, it's funny. I've heard guys say, you know, wow, we really should like tell our friends to come to these yoga journal conferences because yeah, that's really. where all the girls oh, are. We have, we have to say in that regard, listeners, listen to our interview with Russell Simmons. Oh, yeah. Because that's how he got into yoga. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway. I mean, it happens. Yes. But in the, go ahead, please get back to the uh, original. Well, I, yeah. So, so why men don't practice? I mean, I think, you know, one thing might be the flexibility issue that they feel they aren't flexible enough and you have to be super bendy and super fit to do yoga. Um, I think, you know, I've talked to some guys about this and one thing one guy said was, you know, we don't see progress, quote unquote, as quickly. Like when you're just talking about 
asana and, you know, not to, to stereotype, but sometimes that's the, the more thing that guys are focused on is the physicality of things. Can I do this? There's a, maybe a little bit of a competitive nature about it or, you know, just not wanting to be embarrassed because their body can't do what, what everybody else is doing in class. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, women do tend to be more flexible than men. So it might take longer for a guy to get into a pose and that could be frustrating and off-putting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, maybe some of them are turned off by the spiritual aspect of it, that it, Mm -hmm. but that it feels like, you know, what is this? Is this, you know, some sort of woo woo Mm -hmm. thing, or is it a religion or that's not what I'm looking for. So, you know, I think we've come a long way in recent years, especially if you look at these numbers and growth of yoga practitioners, it says as much, but in educating people about what yoga is and, and making it more accessible and and not so intimidating or not such a sort of exclusive group. Mm. And that's why we're seeing the growth, but there could obviously be more of that. Right, right. And and I think in general, most studies bear out that women generally take better care of their health than men, especially well, if they're doing something yeah. proactive. I'll give you one example. Uh, there's been a dramatic increase in the number of people that are living to be over 100. That's the good news. The bad news for Phil and I is 80% of those people are women. So, uh, and, I, and I think th- this is an indicative of that. Another group of people I want to ask about is uh, young people, children, high school mm-hmm. students. Uh, do you see, uh, and I don't know if it was in the survey or not, an increase in the number of participants uh, in yoga classes amongst uh, younger people, or is it something that people generally get into uh, when, they're, when they're, you know, college age or older? Right. We are seeing a growth in younger people, um, which is great. I mean, if you, I'm looking at our age distribution here and 19% of the practitioners are aged 18 to 29. And we had a high percentage of people who said that their kids had practiced yoga with them. So to me, that's exciting. You know, these older generation are passing down this practice to their kids, and I think we're going to see even more growth in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I do notice just from our sort of internal research looking at our audience that it does seem like somewhere around the early to mid-30s is where a practice sticks, where it becomes, you know, something that is a mm-hmm. regular part of their lifestyle that they do, you know, regularly, even daily in their lives, whether it's, you know, meditating or breathing or, or an asana, it's like there comes that, that's kind of the point where they, the switch goes on and they realize it's, it's a a lifestyle, a long, a long-term lifelong lifestyle that they can, that they Mm. stick to, you know what I mean? That Mm. may explain why there's, uh, there was a surprising, uh, surprisingly high percentage of people showed up in the survey who were over 50. I, mm-hmm. I did not expect that, but it probably reflects what you just said. They they learned it uh, as they were uh, coming into young middle age in their 30s and 40s and then persisted with it. Yeah. I mean, that's our other area of growth, really, that we're seeing in the 50-up range, 50 and 60-year-old years. Mm-hmm. So if you see you know, 17% are ages 50 to 59, and then 21% are 60 and older. So I think what you're saying is is certainly true. And then I think, you know, it's just being introduced to them in ways that maybe it wasn't before. So, for instance, 
you know, their doctors, more and more doctors are recommending yoga now as right. mm-hmm. something they can do to, to, as part of their total health regimen to feel good or heal from an injury or recover after, you know, cancer treatment. And there's a lot of research out there now showing that yoga is very beneficial for that. So I think, you know, that might be part of that growth in the older population mm-hmm. as well. Right. I, I always felt, uh, Karen, that uh, yoga should be uh, and meditation should be integrated into uh, <clears throat> high school curriculums. I think that's a, mm. so in college also, but really give it to kids when they can benefit from it. It was interesting uh, uh, last year, a couple of years ago, there was a situation in Encinitas, California, where I spend part of the year. Uh, at where uh, they they did there's a, first of all there's a yoga studio on a, a, every other corner in Encinitas, and they mm-hmm. actually had uh, gotten it into the public schools there in the high school as part of no no education. Dennis it was a grade school grade school or middle school but anyway wherever they had it it was challenged in court as being a religious right. practice and, and uh, they, it was fought in court and won and the yoga people won so uh, yeah. they have been successful in getting it into schools. And I think the more of that, if that could be the next wave of yoga, uh, yoga asanas and meditation, that it's actually integrated into a school program on a voluntary basis. So n- nobody can force into it. I think so many, so many kids could benefit from it uh, uh, at that age. And once they get the basics of how to do it, they may do it, they may not do it. But at some point in their life, they'll have that tool uh, to work with. They'll have that ability. And, and that's an age when they're very flexible. So it's easy to mm-hmm. turn them in a correct teach them in a correct way. So I don't know if you, you, you've ever had any articles in regard to that, uh, you know, uh, bringing it into the schools or whatnot, but I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, well, we did cover that, that case in, in California, and I was obviously very excited about the outcome. Um, we've also had conversations with Congressman Tim Ryan, who's in Ohio, who's done a lot of work about on getting uh, yoga and meditation into grade schools there mm-hmm. and it's been really successful and he's you know he, if you ever talk to him he'll tell you some yeah. amazing stories about the turnaround that these kids have you know just in terms of mood regulation and um communicating better with their peers and grades even and that sort of thing but i couldn't agree more i think the more we can get as you say on a volunteer basis but i think especially meditation and breathing practices are huge for kids and they really respond to it i have a two-year-old and we do breathing exercises together. And I was shocked how quickly he got it and how quickly it really does work to calm him down and, you know, get him out of that terrible two-term that he right, has right, at least right. once a day. Interesting. Uh, Karen, I'm going to uh, ask you some uh, controversial stuff about Yoga Journal. Um, okay. Uh, well, it doesn't have to be controversial. But <laughs> you know probably as well as I do that a lot of people in the yoga world and uh, people who care about this are critical of Yoga Journal because um, for a few reasons. One is the lack of diversity uh, mm-hmm. um in the imagery mm-hmm. being used, um, and that—that that is, you know, I shouldn't say that's just Yoga Journal, but it's—it's re- it's a, a critique of the whole uh, yoga uh, studio world that mm-hmm. tends to be white and and uh, upscale and that sort of thing. And the other is you've been accused of sort of uh, perpetuating this image of yoga as uh, glamorous and something uh, for beautiful people uh, mm-hmm. and, and not reflective of just the way ordinary people look 
<laughs> and um, the diversity of America. Could you address that and let sure. us know if, it, if yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I've heard the criticism. Obviously, I'm very aware of it, and I'm very sensitive to it. Um, one of the things that was very important to me when I came on board at Yoga Journal was getting more diversity into the magazine, and I think I've done a lot of that. You know, we've had, in the last year, we've had two African Americans and two Asian Americans, at least, on the cover. So, you know, I've kind of addressed a lot of that head on. I try to include diversity in every issue of the magazine. I try to include different body types. I try to include men, at least one male in the issue every month. Um, to be honest, it's kind of kind of hard to find a good mix of people because I'm also talking to teachers and I need, you know, I'm, I'm looking for really well-respected, high caliber teachers and then also that I can get to, you know, we're here in Boulder, yeah, yeah. which is a little bit of a constraint, to mm -hmm. be honest. You know, I mean, if you've been to Colorado, there's very little diversity here. Yeah. So it's a challenge. Um, you know, so I try as often as I can to bring different folks in. And we just finished shooting in New York City and in LA. So we could, you know, try to find some more of those other faces of yoga to represent in the magazine. So, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. We're not, you know, we're not, we're just not, but I'm trying really hard to. We demand to old fat men. Yeah. <laughs> we are available. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's great that, you, that you're aware of it and, and you're making the effort. And I think all those things will, will, will come in time. And, and I mm -hmm. think all, I, I think one of the things that's happening was I think yoga, yeah, was very much a, uh, it started out with hippies, maybe, but then went into the upper middle classes and all. But now you're finding it everywhere, talking to all kinds of people uh, that are doing it. So I, I think it'll naturally evolve and change, and then be re yeah. reflected in 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 what's uh, what what, what uh, you know is covered in regard to it. Uh, when, right. When, there's a big you know a lot of people are coming into the United States from different parts of the world. It's a country of immigrants. And a lot of that wave of immigrants uh, in recent years has come from Korea, from you know China, from India, uh, for places where they have deep spiritual traditions. Has that affected um, the, the the world of yoga? Uh, are there you know different schools of yoga more now because of that, or people coming in who have been practicing for generations or not? Um, I don't. Not that I know of. Maybe. Yeah, but it's not it's not really something that I've been seeing, to be honest. Yeah, and I think probably my own observation is we assume people coming maybe from India or China or whatever have these spiritual practices built into their daily life, but in fact they don't. And it's a, yeah. and and in many cases actually there's been some rejection of that, and they they're looking more to to the modern and technological developments of the West, and then and then after time come back to that. Phil. Mm -hmm. Karen, let me uh, ask something about the survey again. Um, sure. Um, it was done in conjunction with Yoga Alliance. Yeah. Um, would uh, a skeptical outsider look at some of the results and say, well, do they have a vested interest in finding certain things? Um, could could this, are the findings reliable? Could Would they be duplicatable by uh, outside uh, sure. people? No, it's a very valid question, but that's why we went with a third party to actually uh, mm -hmm. do the research. Yeah, it was very important to us 
individually, a yoga journal, to have that clear, reliable, unbiased information and to Yoga Alliance as well. So sure, the questions that we were asking, you know, a lot of them, it's stuff that we want to know. Um, and Yoga Alliance had a lot of questions that were teacher specific, but we all were very clear on the fact that we wanted to make sure that the numbers we got were, you know, numbers we could stand behind and that were not biased. Mm -hmm. uh, Karen, were there any uh, results of the study that surprised you? Um, well, the, just the math. <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest. I was frankly shocked to see how much growth. I mm -hmm. mean, the numbers have almost doubled. That was the huge one. You know, you go into something like that. Like the, our, our last study was in 2012 at 20.2 million practitioners, I think. And, you know, even at that point, you felt like, wow, can it get any bigger? I mean, yoga is so huge right now. And it's, can it get any bigger? And so we fielded this study with our fingers crossed that we were right. You know, we sensed that there was growth. We're seeing growth. We hoped it was right. But when we, that came back, it was honestly just like shocking and exciting. And to me says, you know, this isn't just a trend that's going to go away. You know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that mm -hmm. it's growing because people are really resonating with the practice and that it will stick and continue to grow. Um, Karen, one of the um, findings that I found really interesting was the number or the percentage of people who want to be yoga teachers. Right. And, yeah. I, and I thought, my God, do we need more? You know, <laughs> you know, seriously, this is one of the... One out of every two, right? Of, yeah. Of the, yeah, this is... I mean, when I wrote American Veda, which came out in 2010, I, I quoted The Onion, the satirical magazine, uh, did yeah. a headline, something like one in five American women are yoga teachers or something to that effect. And joke. <laughs> that, that might wind up to be an understatement, Phil. Yeah. I know, yeah. but, uh, but, but it's a serious question mm -hmm. because one of the critiques of, of the contemporary Hatha yoga scene is that in the uh, attempt to uh, meet the demand on the one, or, uh, Frankly, a lot of people have been accused of trying to earn, bring in more money by having teacher training programs. That mm -hmm. the quality of training uh, has is diminished uh, by that, and you have people teaching yoga who have only been practicing and immersed in in, in the uh, tradition for a couple of years or a few years. And is, is that a concern of Yoga Journal as the sort of voice of modern yoga? Yeah, no, that's a really, really valid point. Um, one thing I will say is that, yeah, the number is huge, but we're also finding that of those people, the majority, the vast majority of them don't actually intend to teach. Right. Uh, so what they're doing is they're, I mean, they're just passionate about yoga and they want to deepen their practice. Right. And one way of doing that is a 200-hour teacher training. Um, so I think that's great. And, mm -hmm. you know, but I agree that we need to be careful about making sure that the teachers who do, do come out and start getting in front of the class are are well trained and and you know have you know they're safe and so it is a concern and it's something that we're definitely watching closely right it's like i think it's like aerobics or anything else uh people ultimately will seek out those that are best trained 
and most skilled, yes. even though there may be a zillion teachers. Karen, I, I want to thank you so very much for your time today. And any final points that you'd like to make or any comments, Phil, you have, uh, you'd like to make? I would like to ask Karen what um, she sees for the future of the magazine mm -hmm. uh, as, as she moves into this new uh, fifth decade of uh, of Yoga Journal. Yeah, um, thank you. I, you know, I think looking at you know, all the things that we've talked about today, I think it's, you know, my my goal is to continue to reflect and better reflect the community. And it's, as we've discussed, it's changing. It's growing. Um it's older, it's younger, there's more men, there's more diversity, and I love that, and, and I really want to make sure that I'm addressing everyone as best I possibly can and make sure that they all feel really welcome, you know, re coming to the magazine, coming to our events. Um, one of the things that we're doing this year is a six-month road trip around the country where we're literally crisscrossing the country from New York over to San Diego and back again, to, to get out there in the community and meet all of these new people and old people, who, you know, longtime practitioners who are doing yoga and get to know them and get to really immerse ourselves in the community and, and see what's happening out there that, you know, in these little pockets around the country. So we're excited about that. And, and that's really it, you know, better how, reflecting the community and, and growing it. How can folks find out about that tour and where it's going to be and how uh, they can plug into it? Yeah, so we have a website. It's yogajournal.com slash yoga, And uh, the tour launches in April. So pretty soon we'll actually have content up on the website and you can start to actually track the tour and come join us because we'll be making 50-plus stops along the way at different studios and festivals and events around the country. And we want everyone to come and, and hang out with us and talk to us and practice with us. So... So yeah, yeah. That's so uh, this April. I'll look forward. Yeah, that's I'll look April forward to meeting you in LA. Yeah. And, yes, and, we will be spending lots of time in California. <laughs> yeah, and I should say, uh, people who uh, want more information, uh, uh, let us know. Contact uh, Phil or me, and uh, we'll get you that information. Uh, Karen, thank you so very much for your time. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Phil Goldberg, our guest today, Karen Garrell. Uh, Editor-in-Chief of Yoga Journal. Thank you so very much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Karen.